the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. I had to encourage you to wave to the people. Well, yeah, thank you. Okay, I'll salute you. I'll salute you. We're streaming live on Facebook if you want to watch the show mm-hmm. and uh, see what it's like here in the studio and say hi to our guests and all those sorts of things. Find us now, Facebook, 101.5 Word FM, or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. So this is us, right? For better or worse, yeah. here we are. Could be worse. Yes. No, no. We could, have a terrific show ahead. We're going to talk about Joe Biden, who had a Super Tuesday Did he yesterday. Ever? Yeah. We're going to have Doug Oster in the studio. He's going to tell us all about our gardens. We're also going to talk about um, a new book by D.H. Uh, Dobeck on Frederick Douglass, yes. who is my new hero after reading about him today. Okay. And also, uh, abortion before the Supreme Court today, first time in the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. But first, uh, let's talk about this uh, this federal lawsuit that has been filed by 40, more than 40 different women who have been held, forced into prostitution, uh, held as sex slaves for uh, various times throughout many years. But the lawsuit is focusing on gigantic hotel chains, Hilton Worldwide, Marriott, Wyndham Hotel and Resorts. They are claiming in these suits, these 40 lawsuits, that these hotel chains and their staffs should have known that they were being held as sex slaves. They recount various uh, situations. Sometimes uh, one of the things I'm reading, and this is an article from today's Wall Street Journal, that during the three months that S.Y., this is the the woman who was being held, S.Y., was forced into prostitution, she said that um, uh, she was um, tied or handcuffed to beds and uh, tables against her will, and hotel staff saw this no. and allowed this to happen. She also said that at one point there was um, um, a flood in a bathtub, and the manager was called. He came and took care of the clogged tub but ignored the woman who was passed out in the tub. So 40 lawsuits uh, against uh, Hilton, Marriott, Wyndham, Hotel companies have broadly argued in court documents already that they have no control over what happens at franchise hotels. A spokesperson for Hilton said it was committed to protecting people from exploitation. A Wyndham spokesperson declined to comment on the lawsuits. The federal lawsuit was filed, first one, in Ohio in March of last year, and the last one was filed just yesterday. A loosely organized group of plaintiffs began searching for victims through advocacy group referrals and online advertising, leading to this steady stream of lawsuits. The federal lawsuits rely on something called the Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act. The statute was amended in 2008 to allow for civil lawsuits against anyone who knew 
or should have known that sex trafficking occurred and financially benefited. You're reading from where? Today's Wall Street Journal. Corinne Ramey is the uh, reporter. All right. I think this probably speaks to why it's important to learn more about an issue. Because when you first told me about this in our pre-show meeting today, I thought, you can't hold the hotel responsible. Can you imagine the things that hotels see? Of course. Okay, so you can't hold the hotel responsible, so that that's silly. But now that you've told me that there are actual personnel who are employed by the hotel who saw women tied up or handcuffed right. or whatever, that's across the line. The suits also claim that hotels should have known about online reviews that mention prostitution, arrests of traffickers on hotel premises, and hospitality industry presentations that document trafficking as a major concern. Hard to refute that. If you're a hotel chain and you're presenting, you know, you know doing a presentation. It's hard to imagine that that would not I – mean, if you use any travel website like uh, – Expedia. Um, or uh, – that one that I use all the time? Travaglia. You know what it is, no. Mm. Um, Hotels.com. It? No, it's not that. It's mm. uh, Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> you want to guess it all? Well, uh, TripAdvisor. Oh, yeah. If you make a negative comment on uh, most hotels, someone from the hotel will get in touch with sure, you or say something and respond and say, I'm sorry, <laughs> or there was a miscommunication, or you've also seen hotel uh, owners or managers say, you know what? You're the problem, right? right? You could see people go back and forth. So the fact that, I mean, if there were that many complaints that had to do with that, you have you better believe that someone from the hotel knew sure. about it. And, of course, I'm sure it's difficult for the hotel chains to act as the police. But something is as egregious as seeing women chained to beds, oh you think gosh. someone would say something and arrest it. would be made. I can't stand it. 40 you, federal lawsuits. I just said, as we were uh, coming in at the beginning of the show, that I spent the afternoon reading about Frederick Douglass, who was an, uh, a slave who escaped who became an abolitionist in America, who was nominated for vice president. He did all sorts of other things. We're going to talk about him on today's show. But the amount of violence that that poor young boy had seen by the time he was 10 years old, right. his family members beaten, his family members sold, his family members li- – I mean, it's, it's an absolute nightmare. And I think what are we as humans right that you. we see people suffering like that and we don't step in. I just, I can't get my head around it. Or somehow it just makes, we justify really, it and I feel like I'm forward. in despair. I don't know. Right. Well, I don't know. it's a harsh and brutal world, is it, it not? It really is. Yeah. Anyway, coming up at 510, we're going to talk about Joe Biden's super day yesterday. Yeah. Did you watch any of it on the uh, on the tube last night? What did you think of the coverage? Well, I, I rarely watch any political coverage, but my first impression was this. As like most people, you flip through the dials. You go up and down. You know, I'm looking at the na- major networks. I'm looking at Fox. I'm whatever. What I was surprised by were the amount of commentators per network. How many people's opinions do we need to hear? Well, the problem is, again, because there's so much time that they have to fill. I would imagine for the networks, I was surprised to see the network coverage of this, which was essentially wall-to-wall. It was wall-to-wall. I turned it on a little bit earlier, maybe around 8 o'clock, and then not oh, again until midnight. Right. I turned it on at midnight. They were going whole hog. Of course they were. So the network newscast, 6.30 or 7 you know, p.m. until midnight or so, uh, 10, 12 people in the frame, which was fascinating. Looks like the debate. It looked like it was a riot was about to break out. Seriously. Anyway. Wait, is that comforting to you? 
it's overwhelming to me. I get a little anxious because I think, you know, what happens is people are talking on top of each other. So you're missing a lot of the conversation. And I'm not quite sure about the quality of communication of what's being said. Mm-hmm. That's all. All right. So more conversation about last night's election returns for the Democrats at five o'clock. Coming up next, we're talking all things garden. I like this. Okay. So here we are, first week of March. It looks it's as warm. though I wore flip flops yesterday. I saw something today that I think Pittsburgh has had the fewest below freezing days ever. The it fewest. Was, it's been a dreamy winter. It surely has. I love been. everything about right. it. The flip side is, what if summer's like 140 degrees? Just saying. We're going to be really hot. Right. Doug Oster is with us. He is gardener extraordinaire. He's celebrating the early spring. He'll talk to us about what you can plant early. And the home show is next week at the oh, David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Show. Love the home show. Doug, of course, is going to be there, I think, every day. So he'll join us in studio in just a few minutes. And we're streaming live. So look for us on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM. You can watch the show. You can see Doug. He's going to have his little self right in, right in that chair in just a couple minutes. Very nice. Stick around. Take a break. Listen, if you love gardening, even if you don't, just anticipating spring, Doug Oster is next. 101.5 WORD. I'm Donna Cruz. Join Keith Stevens and me this weekend for Keep the Faith. Jeremy Camp shares about the events and emotions that led to the song and now the movie I Still Believe. God knows what is best for not only us, but also for eternity. If we can step back, then we'll look at things differently and look back and say, Lord, thank you for what you did. I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith. Saturday night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Elevate your leadership game at the L3 One Day Conference. A day to grow your leadership, your network, your future. 8 to 4, Friday, March 13th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North and Cranberry. Join L3 leadership founder Doug Smith, nationally known master communicator Jeff Henderson, and Pittsburgh business leaders Laura Ellsworth, Greg Weimer, and Bill Strickland, who will inspire and train you and your team to reach your maximum potential. The L3 One Day Conference, Friday, March 13th. Register while you can at l 3 one Day. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And we're the owners of South Coast Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. 
Excavation.com. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. College, career path. These are major decisions high school students face. Help your child go from anxious and overwhelmed to confident and clear about the future with help from experienced career coach Emily Milius. Visit launchconsulting.io to learn more. Well, the, the nice weather, I think, has made everybody hungry to get out and be about. And especially if you're a gardener, now's the time, I think, that you might want to start to plant seeds. Doug Oster is with us. Of course, uh, everybody knows Doug Oster. He is the editor of Everybody Gardens, the Tribune Review. Doug's live with us in studio. Doug, welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Everybody knows Doug, right? Everybody that gardens knows everybody Doug, I hope. Yeah. For and everybody does that. garden, especially in Pittsburgh. Yes, one everybody. way or another. Whether it's a, you know just a line of tomato plants next to the garage or four acres. Exactly. So everybody has to have something growing. That's right. Okay. And, now, you and I garden in the same part of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So I am guessing that based on your commitment and your consistency, your soil is a lot better than mine. It's only better than yours because I've been adding stuff that's to what, it. That's what I mean. You know, whenever we talk about the green thumb, there's no such thing. It's it's just the soil itself. Yeah. Really. So whenever you're planting anything, it's about adding compost. And so you can buy that by the bag. You know, a guy like me, I'm making compost out of everything, out of the kitchen and out of the garden. Sure. But you just buy it by the bag. You can buy it by the truckload. You know, I know a place near us, North Hills, that will dump about three yards of I nice remember, compost. Right, for right, you. right, right. I think we talked about we this did last year. We did. That's all there is to it. That's you know, the magic bullet. Gardening is is lifelong learning, but if you just improve the soil, put the plants in at the right time of the year, which is easy to find out, and don't let them dry out, you can have a garden. Now, of course, there's all sorts of other. Fun things we can talk about. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a job. (laughs) (laughs) I've written thousands and thousands of words about gardening, but those three things will... That's pretty in the for you. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, so for the hardcore among us, Doug, there are people right now who are starting seeds mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. house, which to me is like super really intense, right? I mean, if you're uh, looking at a seed... There's nothing to it. Really? Yeah. Just think about it. Let's say a tomato's growing outside. That tomato is a seed delivery system. That's yeah. all it is. It drops on the ground. The next spring, if you leave tomatoes in the garden, you'll have seeds everywhere. I see. The, the trick to starting seeds really is light. People will start seeds, and they'll do it on the windowsill, and they'll get tall, and they'll get spindly, and they'll fall over, and they'll say, I've got a brown thumb. And I'll say, no, just put some light on them. You know? and, and back in the day, we used these you know, shop lights, the fluorescent shop yeah, lights. Yeah, yeah. It was like a cheap way to run electricity. Well, they're expensive compared to LEDs. Nowadays, you can go down to some nursery or someplace and get some LEDs, uh, set them up. And so you get those seeds started. They have strong light. They're going to grow like crazy and the reason a lot of people start seeds is first it saves you money but secondly it's the only way you can grow exactly what you want i see okay so i I know when you're at the home show which is coming up you're going to hand out packages of seeds Mm -hmm. of some sort of heirloom tomatoes this is a a rare variety called clint eastwood what rowdy red so where does where where does the rowdy come from uh it predates you his first show was Rawhide. He oh, sure. played a character called Rowdy Yates. I see. The guy who gave me the seeds runs this place called Tomato Fest in California. Uh, he's got 600 and some different heirlooms. And I said, I want something special for the show. That's cool. Well, it's in Carmel, California. Mm-hmm. 
Clint Eastwood was I've the mayor sure. of Carmel. And it he looks helped. like everything grows well in Carmel, <laughs> well, he California. It grows good out there, better than here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? We get better tasting tomatoes than they do because of our climate. Really? really? Yeah. Why is that? It's just something about the the way our soil is and the way our weather is. Huh, you the know, grit and the is dirt add the flavor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Clint Eastwood was a big part of helping them do their tomato festival, I and see. so they named, they tomato named after this him. amazing tomato after him. Everybody who comes to see me, first off, they can come to the Home and Garden Show that starts this Friday for free if they promise to come see me speak. When you go there, the, your mm-hmm. name will be on a list. You've got to contact me. I'll put your name on a list. They'll check you off. Now you come see me speak. Now you can go do your thing at the show. Fabulous. They get a free packet of seeds, those tomato seeds, a chance to win a flower carpet rose, a chance to win this in-depth tour I do every year at Falling Water. Mm. And then we just have so much fun because I see the same people over and over again, you know, same time next year. Yeah. Okay, so then those seeds that you're giving away, Mm -hmm. someone goes – Plants them in some mm-hmm. soil, puts them in their window, waters them. Eventually, that seedling will grow into a plant that you would see, like at one of the uh, the garden stores. It's big only and robust. Be, only it'll be better. Oh, <laughs> because you're babying it along. Mm-hmm. You don't have ten thousand plants to take care of. You've got six rowdy red Clint Eastwood tomatoes to take care of, and you're going to make sure they look great. I see. When I have a little itty bitty greenhouse, it's an old kit greenhouse. Back in the fifties, sixties. People really were into building their own little greenhouses. You could you buy it shipped to you flat, and you put it up. And so I grow these tomatoes, hundreds of different tomatoes. I can only put in about 25. And everybody comes to the greenhouse that third week of May. Hey, you got any tomatoes? And they look around the greenhouse, and they see these ones over in these big one-gallon pots. And they tell who are those for? Those are for me. Because <laughs> those are the seeds you started about uh, now? Right. I, I start those uh, in a little bit. Okay. About maybe a week. Maybe two weeks, depending. Everybody starts has their own way to do it, but then I'll just keep potting those up into and and getting these big plants. And when I put them in the ground, they're just ready to go. They're ready to rock. Nice. Okay. So then, at what point? How do you know like the last frost and when it's okay to go out to the garden, turn the soil over? Do you do that first weeks ahead of time? So it's the same every year, regardless of of whatever is happening with the weather. Like I'm getting a lot of questions, like, "Well, when are you going to start with this winter?" I'm like, "I'm not starting any differently than any other winter." Yeah. You know, mom said those those tomatoes go in Memorial Day. Right. Okay? Mom's never wrong, even when she is. <laughs> <laughs> so the main crop goes in about the third week of May. Okay. You know. But I, you're not putting it in May 1st this year because it's been a warm winter. I'll have some tomatoes like I do every year where I'm doing all my tricks. I'm warming up the soil. I'm putting them under cover. Just, just so I have the first tomato of the year. I'm the garden guy. I got it when you know neighbor says, "When are you gonna be picking tomatoes?" I said, "You're not picking already." Wow! Just, <laughs> and they say, "I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you're going for, of course. Got to have the first tomato of the year. Of course, yeah. A little bragging rights. But there, there's a season that starts before that. There's all these cool weather crops and flowers. They can go in as early as St. Patrick's Day. Really? really? In the ground? Mm-hmm. As early as St. Patrick's Day? You know, Mom said uh, Memorial Day for tomatoes. Grandma said St. Patrick's Day for peas. Wow. Okay, must... no, okay, now wait a minute. We're talking, people just joining us. This is Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens. You can see him live at the home show coming up. When does it start? Friday. It starts this Friday, Friday. 10 days. 26 Terrific. appearances. Okay. Come see me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, and you're saying that there's something that we could plant on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. We always start our peas on St. Patrick's Day, no matter what's going on. It's just a tradition. We have to. And so with peas, that's peas, onions, lettuce. 
uh, Swiss chard, beets, all these things that don't care about a frost. Mm -hmm. There's all these plants that don't care about frost, and you can get them going early. The thing that will hold you up is if the soil's too wet. Okay. And if you put that shovel in the soil and you turn it over and it sticks to the shovel, it's too wet. So what you do, you buy your bag of compost, you throw it on top of your garden, and you plant right in that. And that's the easy way to do it. You'll be picking things before normal people, normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the quote marks. It's a wide spectrum. <laughs> before they start even planting. Well, and now are you working your compost into the soil, or are you I'm just putting, putting a right layer? You're putting a you layer on top. You can't dig this early. You can't dig in, until the ground is ready for you. And so what'll happen is you'll you'll be ready to plant, and you'll say, "Oh, I'm just going to wait till tomorrow," which will guarantee three weeks of rain. Right. Mm. So that's that's how we get around it. We just we're putting the good stuff on top and planting directly in it. And like I said, when those peas come up, there's just no stopping. Oh, what us. a great feeling! There's no stopping. Wow. Us. Okay, so Doug, talk about this. The nemesis, I believe, of all gardeners are deer. Mm. How do you work around that? This is the worst year for me, and you being a fellow North Hills yes. person, deer everywhere. So I just did a video. It just came out actually about five minutes ago. <laughs> and I did this video showing all my azaleas and rhododendrons under attack because before the forest leaves out, the stuff's in our garden. And I, I use this spray called Bobex, and it smells bad. Hmm. And that's what keeps them off it. But you got to – it sticks pretty good, but you got to apply it. If you get three days of hard rain, you got to reapply. I see. And you got to reapply all the time. That's you have the, to spray oh, the whole plant. Around it and the bottom, you know, they can only get so high. You know, that, that's uh, my rhododendrons are like, you know, all empty until you get to about six feet, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just awful. And I have two dogs that will chase them and everything, but doesn't matter. No, the dog will be barking, and the deer will just look at him and say, "Hmm, huh? Who, right, who's right, that? Right. I'm eating." And so that's that's what I'm doing now. The other thing is some kind of physical barrier. I have some shrubs that are are surrounded with deer netting. Because there's no other way that the, the deer like them so much, no matter what I do. You just that, can't keep it. Keep right. them off. And then the third thing is grow things that they don't prefer. And anybody who's dealt with the deer knows that they'll eat just about anything. Anything. Okay, so then at your garden, when you have your tomato plants and all the other things, do you have wide fences, high fences around all that? <laughs> I have a vegetable garden. It's 30 by 40. It's fenced at the picket level. But okay. I've got tall 4 by 4s and then it goes 6 foot tall. Wow. Not only is it a vegetable garden now, it's a hydrangea garden. It's oh, a lily garden. Nice. Everything the deer will eat now is going into my vegetable garden. I'm getting less and less room for vegetables. You get a six-foot-high fence around that. Yeah, and it just has, like, really thick fishing line around the upper part. And early on when I put that up at 12-inch uh, intervals, I just put some streamers on there so they could see that. And they kind of perceive that as a fence. They don't like to jump into enclosed places okay. mm. kind of freaks them out. So they ha- the only time they've ever gotten in my vegetable garden is when somebody left the gate open. Mm. Me. Somebody. That you were going to blame so it on a loved one. a fairly new thing? I mean, our, our, our fathers and grandfathers, they didn't have this uh, problem? I don't think it's as bad. It, it's just, you know, habitat loss. There's no hunting. And my township is Ross Township. You know, right. there's no hunting. There's no mm-hmm. – they don't have a fear of you. You know, it's like this is free food. Sure. I moved all my hostas. That's our favorite food. All my hostas from right outside used to be right outside my vegetable garden, inside the fenced-in area because I, I just couldn't keep keep them sprayed enough to keep the deer off them. So it, it, it's problematic. There are things that they don't prefer to eat, and I showed in this video 
on one side is an azalea, one of my favorites, this beautiful salmon-colored flower, yeah. all destroyed. But right next to it is this plant called Japanese pieris, which is just blooming now. They haven't touched it. It's something they don't like. Now, that doesn't mean they're never going to touch it or they're a desperate. young one might nibble on it. That, yeah. that happens. Uh, but for the most part, that one for me has been deer proof, but we don't like to use that word. I see. Okay, so let's talk about the garden show once more because mm-hmm. you'll be there starting this Friday, 26 separate appearances. That's what I do every year. It's, it's around that. Doug, that's crazy. It's not crazy because it's fun. Good. Because I get this great crowd of people. They're waiting anxiously for me to give them their seeds, and so I've got their attention, and we talk gardening. It's right before the real season begins, and we need a little little Excited. bit of this. And as I said, I've been, I've been appearing there for at least 15 years. Mm. And so when I see these people that come back year after year, they're sending me emails every day. Hey, are you doing the show again? How do I get in? And I I'm see. like, yeah, I'll get you on the list. And we have so much fun talking about this. And then I learn so much from them. You know, like I said, this gardening is, is just lifelong learning. Right. and It's fellow sufferers, I think is what it is, right? Yeah, we, we can definitely commiserate yeah. when we talk uh-huh. about deer. But lots of beauty and joy. <laughs> There's so much beauty and joy. And you leave your phone inside and you listen to a red-bellied woodpecker mm-hmm. over your mm-hmm. shoulder. To see a little seed sprout in the ground and come to fruition in only a short period of time. So cool. It's just wonderful. It's like having kids without the headaches. Yeah. <laughs> or the expense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, Doug, our time's almost up. Um, when, you're, when you're saying you're going to be speaking 26 times, how do people know when they can find you at the Home and Garden Show? You just show? go to Everybody Gardens. My whole stage schedule is, is there. It's online also for, at the Home and Garden Show. It's pretty easy to find. Great. Uh, come down and see me. We have... It's a great show, too. I mean, it's just a great oh, show. There's it's so much, it's so much fun. Yep. I mean, you could live there and spend I days. Do. Yeah, I'm sure I you do does. live there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they get to see you, and they get free tomato seeds uh-huh. and free entrance to the Home and Garden Show. Yep. All yep. they've got to do is go to Everybody Gardens. Yep. Get, contact me somehow, and it's it's on there how to contact me, and I'll That's get fun. you on the list. We should do that. Oh, I mean, I'll definitely you and I, do it. You and I and Mike, the three of us, we're going down. We're <laughs> going to take Home and Garden Show by Sounds storm. Okay, last question. Any tips for a nice spring flower? Something that maybe people don't know about. Mm, yeah, there is a bulb that you plant it in the fall. It's got a really weird name. It's called Pushkinia. Never heard of it. All right. How do you I spell? Can't how, spell okay. And you're going to do P U S C H K E N I A. That'll get okay. you close. Yeah, Pushkinia. The okay. deer won't eat it. Huh. It's creamy white with blue stripes. Uh, it blooms every spring for you. It's just coming up now. It'll it'll bloom right after the crocuses and. If you just go to Everybody Gardens, you'll see what it looks like because I just discovered it. It's been around forever, but I just discovered it two years ago, and I've just fallen in love with it. That's that's the thing. Garden obsessions, and that's one of mine now is Pushkinia. Pushkinia. That's exciting. Well, wonderful to see you, Doug. Nice to see you guys. Happy spring. Down at the Garden Show. Home and Garden Show starts this Friday. Doug's going to be there. Like he said, he's living there. Stop on by. Get your uh, new tomatoes and uh, free admission. Everybody Gardens. Doug Oster. Thanks, Doug. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! 
Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a uh-huh. million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. The message Liberty Mutual Insurance customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. See today's best faith-based and family-friendly movies all free of charge. March 13th through 15th, Word FM welcomes the Projecting Hope Film Festival to the Cinemark 18 at Pittsburgh Mills Mall. Presented by the Speakman Financial Group. See the best faith-focused films of 2019, plus the highly anticipated 2020 release, I Still Believe, the Jeremy Camp story, plus exclusive advanced screenings of Selfie Dad starring Michael Jr. Visit ProjectingHopePGH.com for showtimes. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. A brief shower or two early, then clearing and turning colder tonight, low 26. Sunshine tomorrow, high 50. Increasing clouds tomorrow night with a rain or snow shower, low 32. Friday, cloudy, breezy, and chilly with a couple of rain or wet snow showers. By Friday, 41. Saturday, sunshine, high 42. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Do you like cauliflower? Are you a fan? I think it's disgusting. What? It is the grossest looking vegetable. I love of all the vegetables. It is gross looking. I think it's my favorite vegetable. I know. I love it so much. I'm glad you do. You don't like. I am striving to enjoy it. I made it for New Year's Eve yeah. in particular because I felt I needed to get over the hump. And it. I will tell you when I roasted it, 
It was mm. very good. Mm, of course it is. I can't. It's it's a visual problem. Really? Why? It is a horrible Why? looking vegetable. I don't think that. It's what like you... this grayish white thing on your plate. Don't you think it is, Mike? No. It's disgusting. Thank what? you. It's disgusting. It's bad. I, I'll only eat it if I uh, grill it. What? Yeah, grilled yeah. asparagus or grill, what is it called? Cauliflower. Be- cauliflower. Okay, but you, I know you love it. Like I don't get that all at all. Day and all I, night. I think it's beautiful to look at and even more delicious How? to eat. Yeah. It seriously. looks like a brain. We all know it does. It does. It's nasty looking. What's the problem with that? And it smells awful. No, yeah, it, it does. It smells bad when it's raw. Yeah, it's not a good smell. I'm, I'm really surprised by this. Mm. I feel bad for you. Okay, there's an article in Wall Street Journal today that the new kale cauliflower has become a bestseller. Now here's the deal. Cauliflower. So you're, you're leading the way. Well, apparently it's, it's catching up because cauliflower used to sell so poorly that it would rot on the store mm-hmm. shelves. However, cauliflower is rich in protein, low in calories, and it is benefiting from the rise of the uh, what were they call keto diet right. in the paleo mm-hmm. craze. Paleo. Paleo. So. The Wall Street Journal says that cauliflower's mild flavor and adaptability have encouraged food makers to substitute it for starches mm-hmm. uh, and dairy. So now you can get cauliflower gnocchi, pizza crust, hummus, right. um, all sorts of things. It's become the new kale. I made buffalo chicken cauliflower bites for New Year's Eve. Buffalo chicken? Oh, that'd be fine. Yeah. So you roast cauliflower yeah. and you toss it in what, and you make homemade buffalo wing sauce and then you toss the yeah. roasted cauliflower in that. Now I will tell you, it does not taste anything like chicken and it's not nearly as good as wings. But as a snack, I found it delicious. Mm-hmm. When I first started to cook, I used to sort of pride myself on, you know, doing like a whole head of cauliflower and putting cheese on it and then putting it in the broiler. You know what I mean? Like oh. baking it like that. Just fabulous. Super simple, easy. So anyway, you are well versed in your house with kale, which I believe is also We s- eat kale. It's so disgusting. Like it's our life responsibility. Yuck. There's no comparison. In the taste, in the look, cauliflower beats Oh, kale beats is kale. so much better looking. Mm. Kale makes it what if you throw it in the skillet, it becomes this really dark, rich green color. I'll give you that. It is pretty. It is very pretty. But I, I really I don't get you where you guys are coming from. The cauliflower is ugly. I just don't get it at all. And there is no delicious. I can't there's no worse looking food item. Really? Have you had cauliflower? I mean other than tofu. Tofu looks worse. Yeah. Tofu, tofu is kind of funky looking. Tofu looks like someone's old erasers. Let, <laughs> let me tell you how much right? tofu I ate when I was in Indonesia. <laughs> They're a lot, tofu, really. a lot of tofu. Huh. Yes, and it was fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. not great to be honest. I mean, let's be honest. It's not like it tastes good, right? But it's fine. I'm good with it, and I'll be good with your cauliflower. Whole, I, pr- I appreciate come to my the push. house, and I'll make you cauliflower. All right, I promise. Put a whole bunch of salt on your cauliflower. No pepper. Pepper. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Okay, Tremper Longman's in a little bit. We're going to talk about politics. Oh, this, yeah, right. Can we go there. The Bible and the ballot using scripture in political decisions. Pepper. 101.5 WORD. Today, everywhere you look, it has become painfully obvious that the walls of our culture are shattered, that the walls of our churches are burnt, that the walls of our families are broken down. Dr. Michael Youssef. The question is, who will be the Nehemiah of our generation? Passionately proclaiming uncompromised truth on leading the way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD.
The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And Doug. Welcome to Burger Palace. What would you like today? Yes. I'd like to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. This is Burger Palace. Do you want any food? Yes. uh, One Palace party meal. No, Limu, they won't put insects on a burger. No, you can't talk to the manager. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. When the brake whistle blows, why waste time on a sandwich run? When your crew could have a home-style meat and potatoes meal hot and waiting on site. The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides down-to-earth food for hungry crews of 10 or more. Try their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast, with master roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word. And get back to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. Dana Gresh presents the True Girl Pajama Party Tour, a live stage event for tween girls and their moms. Through live worship, deep Bible teaching, a fashion show, and more, it's the most fun you and your daughter will ever have digging into God's truth together. The True Girl Pajama Party Tour with Dana Gresh, coming March 6th at the Cornerstone Ministries in Murraysville, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets on sale now at mytruegirl.com. We live in a deeply political world. It has, I feel, overtaken just about every aspect of our life. Has it not? I don't think our parents or grandparents were as engaged in this process than we are. So how do you look at politics, especially as a, a, a believer... How do you let that work into your life? I mean, do you look at the Bible for political talk, for political wisdom? I look at the Bible for actual wisdom, and hopefully that wisdom can apply to you name it, whether it's your own personal relationships, your politics, your entertainment, you name it. But we're going to ask Tremper Longman because I bet he knows more than both of us put together. Tremper Longman is with us. He is a distinguished scholar and professor emeritus at Biblical Studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. He has authored or co-authored more than 30 books, including The Lost World or the Flood and How to Read Proverbs. Here is his newest book, The Bible and the Ballot. Tremper, we welcome you back to the show. How are you, friend? I'm great, John, and good to hear from both of you. 
but you set me up by saying I have more wisdom than both of you. That's not true. Mm, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <We're> all... <laughs> I knew you so well. I knew you were going to say wise, that. The wise, per- the wise person's also humble. Right. <laughs> Tremper, I started off the show today saying that I had spent some time this afternoon reading about Frederick Douglass because we're going to be talking to a biographer mm-hmm. later in today's show. And I, I, I can't shake the stories that Frederick Douglas recorded the violence that he saw against his family members as he was growing up in slavery. Just the the beatings, the inhumane behavior, one instance after another of siblings and aunts and uncles and neighbors and whatever. And, I, you know, I finished reading all of that and I, I said to John, how can a human do that to another human? I, I cannot imagine the level of incivility that you have to have inside of you to carry something like that out physically. But then I thought to myself also, and this is another thing Frederick Douglass wrote about Tremper, is that these uh, slave owners were Christians. So at the same time, mm-hmm. as they were treating their slaves that badly, they were also preaching Christ. And I bet that something about the identity of God is going to be important in how you're going to respond to this question. How is it that people do that? What does that tell us about human nature? Well, that activity tells us that humans are deeply sinful and self-serving and flawed and don't recognize what the Bible also teaches about all of us that we're created in the image of God. We reflect the glory of God. So when you demean another human being, you are actually offending God himself. Um, And of course, uh, you know, our forebears, our slave-owning forebears here in the United States tried to get around that by defining other races as not fully human, which is, of course, sinful in and of itself and not in keeping with Scripture, which recognizes that everybody, uh, all human beings, are created in God's image. So, Tremper, in the midst of that horror, people would use the Bible to advance their their viewpoints of slavery. I mean, and we can, of course, look at it from a 21st century perspective and say, well, how could they do that? But at the same time, if we were alive during that time, we most likely would have done the same thing. Uh, Yeah. um, Well, I will say we do have to account for the fact that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, for that matter, uh, the Bible doesn't uh, prohibit slavery. Uh, What it does is it takes the people where they are and moves them toward God's ideal, which excludes slavery. You know, Galatians 3, um, 28, in Christ there's neither free nor slave. Jew nor Gentile, uh, male or female. And so um, so God takes sinful human beings where they are in the Old Testament and moves them toward that ideal. And passages like Galatians 3 give us the, the theological, gave, our, gave abolitionists the theological ammunition they needed to eventually uh, moved to the eradication of slavery in the United States. And still, there's a lot of slavery, a lot of abuse going on in the world, and we need to keep fighting that fight. Uh, But to quote the Old Testament or the New Testament as if it's giving us kind of a static divine ethic really is a very flat reading of Scripture. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so uh, it's true. I mean, take another parallel example: polygamy. Polygamy is not God's ideal for marriage. We read Galatia, uh, Genesis two, just like slavery is not God's ideal for human relationships. But the Old Testament law uh, doesn't eradicate polygamy, but rather uh, gives protection to the multiple wives. And uh, and then when you move to the New Testament, it's uh, the case that elders and deacons have to be the husband of one mm-hmm. uh, wife. And so the officers of the church reflect God's ideal. I mean, we... <laughs> still difficult, you know, because we wish God would just come in and say, no slavery. But the slavery, uh, slavery as an institution is inherently oppressive. And so even with all the protections of releasing slaves in the seventh year and to give them money as they left so they don't fall immediately back into slavery, as Deuteronomy says, um, is, um, is even with all those protections, you know, we know that Israel abused the institution of slavery. You read, I think it's Jeremiah 35, one of the reasons why God um, was bringing the Babylonian army against them was because they weren't releasing their slaves as they should have been. Um, So, you know, it's interesting that Deuteronomy passage I cited in my book in the section on racism when I raised the possibility of discussions about reparations for slavery, which is a current yes. issue. And uh, and this idea of releasing slaves and giving them money so they don't fall back into poverty was something that Abraham Lincoln was going to do, I think, at the advice of General Sherman. And then Andrew Jackson or Johnson, I forget, you know, the after Lincoln right. uh, was assassinated, he came in and eradicated that reparation program. Every, every release slave was going to get 40 acres and a donkey, and uh, and that would have provided a basis for, uh, you know, a uh, economic basis to develop a new life, but that didn't happen. Trumper Longman's so, with us. Trumper, let me tell people about your book. It's called The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture in Political Decisions. Can we talk about some general principles, Tremper? I mean, John asked me at the beginning if I go to the Bible for my politics. And my answer was, well, I go to the Bible for my wisdom. For and hopefully the wisdom you know, yeah. flows yeah. into all the areas. Um, it's, it's dicey, right, to look at the Bible and say I, – I, maybe I talked about this last time you were on the air. But you know, Pete Buttigieg, for example, came out and said, well, you know what? If you're a Christian, obviously you're in favor of raising the minimum wage. And I thought, wow, yeah. that's like that that's actually not <laughs> stated in the Bible. But So, right, so exactly. talk about that. What happens when we try to bring our <clears throat> politics in? Well, you know, as I say in my book, it doesn't give us specific policies like what level the minimum wage ought to be, but it does give us principles that we need to bear in mind. And then by wisdom, wisdom is knowing some principles or some getting ethical guidelines and then saying, how can I apply this in an effective way in this context with these people? Um, So, you know, when you're talking about minimum wage, I think, it is legitimate to think that one of the questions you might ask is, you know, how can somebody live in in whatever city or area they're in? Uh, 
what's what's a living wage uh, might you know is is a healthy discussion to have. Um, but um, but then there are also other competing interests like if you raise the minimum wage, then certain companies aren't going to be able to hire as many people. So it's not easy. Pol- politics is not something that's easy, which is why we need, uh, you know, very wise, thoughtful, and, you know, aware people in positions of public policy. Right. So, Trevor, I mean, uh, I mean, short of the Ten Commandments, uh, short of the Ten Commandments, it's not as though God is saying, for your particular issue or problem, you should do X, right? It requires us to read, to study, to pray, to develop the wisdom and the worldview that we would find our way through the problem. Right, right. And it's hard work. It's, it's, um, you know, something that uh, we got to be careful of of looking to the Bible for easy answers to our question. Because even take another issue, like how how do we—I mean, there's no doubt. The Bible talks—in terms of the issues I talk about in my book, the Ten Issues, the Bible talks most explicitly about poverty um, than any of them. And then—and and in terms of being generous to the poor, in terms of helping the poor. Uh, but then, you know, it— it isn't as if, let's say, Republicans or Democrats uh, don't want to help the poor. They have different strategies for helping the poor. And so that's where, say, even, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders has one strategy and Joe Biden, Donald Trump have different strategies. Um, but the one thing we want to be sure of is that our politicians have a heart for the poor and want to help the poor and come up with a with a strategy of public policy that will help the poor as right. as well as the fact that the church itself needs to be mindful of yes. helping the poor. So perhaps, Trember, a more appropriate thing to say would be, if anyone calls himself a Christian, you must be concerned about the poor. Yeah, right. Right. Yes. And how and that, that works out, how and, you decide that that works out into your policy as you consider the end result of whatever legislation you're promoting and in the conversations you get into, that's where the wisdom comes in. But certainly we are all called to follow that right. principle. And concern is one thing. Action is another. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, being aware of the fact that it takes wisdom means that we ought to listen to other people who may have a different viewpoint than our own. We may ultimately reject their viewpoint as not being the best route to our desired conclusion, but we need to be aware that, you know, people who have different approaches are not necessarily uh, evil or or um, evil people, you know. Right. so Love your enemies. That's what yeah, love I think your we can enemy. start with yeah. that. Love your enemy seems to have fallen out of favor in politics. We're trying to bring it back. <laughs> Dr. Thanks, Trevor Longman, distinguished scholar and professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara. Here's the book, The Bible in the Ballot, Using Scripture and Political Decisions. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. 
You see it on TV every day, global turmoil, but these international events help keep interest rates low and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year, and that's great news for homeowners. If you have a current rate above 2.99%, call us to see how much you can save. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing costs and we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. With our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify, there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone. For a free quote, go to cashcallmortgage.com or call 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the clean you do around the house once a year you may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing and salem surround can help we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com Connecting you with new customers. Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing for multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you. Every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on this spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday. Streaming live on Facebook, answering uh, some comments right as we speak, John. Here we are. Thank you so much. For Somebody being just said, and I can't pull up his name right now because my iPad is frozen, but uh, that we should try the cauliflower pizza at Anthony's Coal Fired. Anthony's, oh. Uh-huh. That's a good pizza. It is now, a good not, pizza. I've not had the coal fire or the um, cauliflower. The cauliflower, pizza. I haven't either, but I do like the pizza. Yeah, very much so. Uh, that's Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Uh, occasionally, Mike and I, well, not occasionally, mostly every day, one of uh, new Mike's and I, our, our conversation is we'll go to each other, what'd you eat? Like, did you, what'd you have for lunch? And more often than not, the answer is nothing yet. I'll get to it. Now, Mike's like me. He's got, like, you know, I've got, like, in my desk drawer, a box of Triscuits, maybe 10 packets of tuna fish, a can of soup. You know, it's just sort of like things just in case. I get a French bread pizza in the oven. But occasionally we'll treat ourselves. In case ourselves. the apocalypse hits, you're going to be able to survive We're on these good. small things. I mean, yeah, if I can't go home, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. Now, occasionally we'll say, let's go get something. 
and you know we'll either do like a little order you know order in some Chinese mm-hmm. from Fong Mei House, or occasionally Mike himself will do a Taco Bell run, Absolutely. which is not only inexpensive, but also delicious. Amen. Amen, indeed. Mike. You know, I've never in my life eaten a Taco Bell. You've never eaten a Taco Bell. Never, not a single time. I can't believe that. I no, cannot. I have not. You don't like cauliflower. You don't like, listen. I know. Penn State, a, a Taco Bell at Penn State closed recently. The Penn State students were so mournful of that closing that a hundreds and hundreds of Penn State students on Monday of this week showed up with candles and heavy hearts. They held a candlelight vigil for the closed Taco Bell. Now, they talk about faith being dead on campus. Mm, it's not dead. I mean, there it is, right? <laughs> we stand up for the important things. That's right, exactly. The Burrito Supreme is my uh, menu item of choice. Mike, what's yours? Chicken quesadilla. Chicken queso from the Taco Bell. little hot sauce packet on the Absolutely. side. Absolutely. Very nice. Kath, mm-hmm. we're waiting for you. Come I, on over and join us. You've never asked me to be at lunch with you guys. It's sad. Looking for cauliflower on the menu at Taco Bell as well. Now, that's good eating. <laughs> Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Congressional negotiators have reached agreement on an $8.3 billion measure to battle the coronavirus outbreak. The House voting on the bill later today. Senate leaders pressing for a vote in that chamber by the end of the week. President Trump will sign the bill. Meanwhile, the U.S. reporting 11 deaths now due to coronavirus, another death in Washington state and California with its first virus victim, an elderly man who died in Roseville. On Wall Street, the Dow soared more than 1,100 points today on hopes for more stimulus measures from around the globe to fight the virus outbreak. Healthcare companies led the gains after Joe Biden solidified his status for the Democratic presidential nomination. Investors see him as a more business-friendly alternative to Bernie Sanders. The Dow picked up 1,173 points. The NASDAQ ahead 334, and the S&P gained 126. This is SRN News. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom-made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and 
one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. See today's best faith-based and family-friendly movies all free of charge. March 13th through 15th, Word FM welcomes the Projecting Hope Film Festival to the Cinemark 18 at Pittsburgh Mills Mall. Presented by the Speakman Financial Group. See the best faith-focused films of 2019, plus the highly anticipated 2020 release, I Still Believe, the Jeremy Camp Story, plus exclusive advanced screenings of Selfie Dad starring Michael Jr. Visit ProjectingHopePGH.com for showtimes. What gives one company the edge over another? Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's taking care of lots of things that help a business run smoothly. In other words, Cintas. Cintas has products that help your people stay safe and apparel programs that convey the right image. They service fire protection equipment, deliver and stock restroom supplies, and make sure facilities are clean and ready. Because when all those things work together, you're in business. Oh, I'm ready! Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. See today's best faith-based and family-friendly movies all free of charge. March 13th through 15th, Word FM welcomes the Projecting Hope Film Festival to the Cinemark 18 at Pittsburgh Mills Mall. Presented by the Speakman Financial Group. See the best faith-focused films of 2019, plus the highly anticipated 2020 release, I Still Believe, the Jeremy Camp Story, plus exclusive advanced screenings of Selfie Dad starring Michael Jr. Visit ProjectingHopePGH.com for showtimes. Sponsored by j and waterproofing a brief shower or two early then clearing and turning colder tonight low 26 sunshine tomorrow high 50 increasing clouds tomorrow night with rain or snow shower low 32 friday cloudy breezy and chilly with a couple of rain or wet snow showers by friday 41 saturday sunshine high 42 with your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Nice, Kathy's rocking the glasses here today. It's a new look. Right? I'm, I'm trying to get in the habit of wearing look them. At that. You look good. The, doc- very nice. the doctor says they're going to help me with all the time I spend on the computer. Are they everyday glasses? Like- no, no. They're just for reading. And really, they don't feel right to read like uh, paper. They, they only really feel right for me to work on the on computer. On screens, really. Yeah. I've worn glasses since I was 10. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much so. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I had this weird thing that happened in my life where I started to wear glasses when I was in eighth grade for distance. You know, I was nearsighted, wore them my whole life. Mm-hmm. And then about nine years ago, something was off with my prescription. I went to my eye doctor and he said, you've got 20-20 vision. What? So what I happened there? So I haven't worn glasses in almost a decade. It's a miracle. It, it's, well, I guess some people who start out nearsighted on their way to becoming farsighted end up in the happy middle, and I've been in the happy middle for a long time. Yeah, well, anyway, so now I have these reading glasses, and I, I, I can't get used to them. Yeah. Because I feel like I can see fine, and then, I don't know, it's a lot. I can't. <laughs> All right. I'll so. tell you one thing I can't get used to is streaming. 
Because you look over and you go, there's my face. Oh, there's my face. Uh, we're, st- What's, we're doing radio. All of a sudden, we're not doing radio. We're doing something else. And if you want to see the something else we're doing, it's- please find us on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM, or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. You can watch the show happen. It's something else. Where is the Duffy cam? Why is this has not, yeah, why this we- has not been f- moved forward in any significant way? Is the Duffy cam up? It's not working today? Well, when we have an in-studio guest, we use the Duffy well, cam. Well, I know, but we need to have a dedicated Duffy cam. We will, right. eventually. Oh, eventually. What does that mean? That means that it's your last priority. <laughs> no, it may be budget <laughs> considerations, right? All right. Yeah. So, speaking of last priority, uh, I want you to know that Michael Bloomberg won American Samoa. Oh, he did. Yes, he did. That's what, that's what Super $500 Tuesday. million dollars will get you. Exactly. He got American Samoa. $500 million. Samoa and then promptly dropped out of the Can race. Can you believe that? He spent all that cash and got nothing for it in return. So then Bloomberg has dropped out. Mm-hmm. He has thrown his mm, tiny base. His American Samoan supporters. Right, to Joe Biden. Now, right. Joe Biden... Uh, apparently all the pundits are saying he's been resurrected from the dead and it looks as though it's a two-man race from now forward. This is how super Tuesday was for Joe Biden. He won these states, Maine, Alabama, Arkansas, Mm. Massachusetts, which I'm pretty sure is Elizabeth Warren's home state. She finished third. Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. Wow. Okay. Now Bernie Sanders, super of course. Super. That's nice. That was super. <laughs> Bernie Sanders took California, the big prize, also Colorado, Utah, and Vermont. Excellent. Would you like to know where we are delegate wise? Please do. Joe Biden in the lead with five hundred sixty six. Bernie Sanders at five oh one. Elizabeth Warren at sixty one. Mm-hmm. And Tulsi Gabbard one. Tulsi Gabbard, how is she in the race? I don't know. She What's hasn't that all even, about? I, I couldn't believe when I saw her face last I night on the little graphic. Hey, Tulsi. Miss Gabbard. What's, what's going on what's there? Going on there? So poor Elizabeth Warren, you know, she was a favorite. She peaked too early a yeah. little bit. I'm not waiting. No. She's so, a little too scoldy. She's a little scoldy. Now, wait a second. People well, say and, this. Is it because she's a woman that she has not no, risen? No. No, wait. Okay. She had a great organization, right? And she did peak. People were super excited by Elizabeth her Warren. Her ideas and her outlook are way left. They're like Bernie. They're way left. They're just the same as Bernie, it feels. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. So why would you know? Because Bernie has is almost a little bit of a caricature, a cartoon figure. He has a, a He has a little bit of charm because of his oddness. Mm-hmm. And that's why people latch on to him and not as much to her. Dude, was it you that was telling me that someone considers him cute or adorable? Yeah, that was uh, one of our in-studio guests, Jay Slocum. His oh, daughter right. thinks that Bernie Sanders is... Adorable. Adorable. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All, All right, right, so let me bring this up. As I was watching the results come in last night, maybe around 9 or 9.30 p.m., and we could see that Joe Biden was going to have a really terrific night. Super Tuesday. I thought to myself, between... Trump winning the presidential election mm-hmm. against every possible prediction and Bernie Sanders being literally dead mm-hmm. in the water five days ago. Gone. Do we need any more proof that we should not listen to the media in our country to tell us what is going to happen in political races? That's an excellent point. It really is because they don't know. Don't listen. No. Do not li- don't listen to polls. Do not listen to what people on the in the news media tell you whether it's online or tv us? or radio we're not news media thank goodness exactly. correct thank you so much for that yeah i'm famously the new york times said that donald trump had a one percent chance of winning the presidency <laughs> and that was like late in you know that was probably like you know 
late October, early November in 2016. And then, a 1% And then within 30 days, they were every bit as pompous mm-hmm. as they had been before Election Day. They didn't learn a thing from that. Anyway, Joe Biden had no chance. Now Joe Biden is the clubhouse He's leader the yeah. for the Democrats. So are we going to see a Trump and Biden thing? Perhaps. But if anybody tells you who's going to win, whether it's going to be Trump or Biden, do not listen to them. Yes. Wait until the votes are in. Okay, so uh, the Pennsylvania primary is the useless Tuesday, primary. Tuesday, April 28th. Okay. So more than six weeks away. Holy smoke, that's so Nobody's far away. Nobody's going to care at that point. It's all going to be done. Uh, it might not be. might be just a still dogfight out there between those two. I guess you're right about that. Right, could... I should probably develop a better attitude. All right, thank you. <laughs> about many things. A better attitude. Thinking. That's my New Year's resolution in to, March. To develop a better attitude? About all things. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't tell me. Well, I was trying to keep it to myself. Okay. Because I failed daily. All it's right. The same. All right, should we take a break? I think we should. All right, we're coming back and speaking about... Frederick Douglass, the radical Christian faith of uh, an American hero. We're going to talk to a biographer, D.H. Dilbeck. The book is called Frederick Douglass, America's Prophet. Very nice. Next on The Right Hour. W-O-R-D. Is the gospel a New Testament concept only? Where do you first read about God's redemptive plan? Somewhere before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? As John MacArthur shows you this week, the gospel is as old as the very first book in the Bible. Join him for his study called Genesis of the Gospel here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know the credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-797-5868. 800-797-5868. That's 800-797-5868. In the Bible, Jesus says when we care for the least of these, it's like we're caring for him. But who are the least of these? They're moms, like Outer Maria from Guatemala, where more than half the people live in extreme poverty. Do they have any problems with the drinking water? I always worry about the conditions of the water. I don't know if it has holes in the pipes. In winter, they get sick. They might get diarrhea. They might get uh, stomach ache. I believe that is because of the, the water conditions that they have. When you partner with Food for the Poor, you bring food water, hope, and love. You answer the desperate prayers of moms and children. Just $27 a month for the next 12 months feeds a family of four food for a year and water for life through Food for the Poor. Would you make a life-saving gift right now? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say give. Dial pound 250 and say give. Or give online at wordfm.com. 
When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. John, when you asked me yesterday what I knew about Frederick Douglass, I didn't have a whole lot. I said that I knew that he was a slave who escaped. I knew he became an abolitionist. And I knew that he had been nominated for vice president at some point. That was it. Well, quite honestly, I was surprised that you chimed in with that much because I believe that most people, when you would say the name Frederick Douglass, would go, uh, yeah, I should know that name, but uh, I, I really don't. I know the name, but I know nothing about it. D.H. Dilbick is with us. D.H. Uh, has written a book about Frederick Douglass, and uh, a portion of that book was picked up by Christianity Today. Of course, February was Black History Month, and so we have brought D.H. Uh, Dilbick on the air to talk about the radical Christian faith of Frederick Douglass. D.H., welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be with you. Fill in the blank spaces for us. Tell us who Frederick Douglass was. Frederick Douglass was uh, probably the most famous black American of the 1800s and certainly uh, one of the most famous abolitionist anti-slavery advocates of that era as, as well. Um, the brief uh, beginnings of a bio that you gave is 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 pretty good start, uh, uh, and and you 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 captured uh, really the the origin of of why he became so famous. He was born a slave in in Maryland on the, on the eastern shore of Maryland, but at the age of twenty he escaped and fled to Massachusetts before eventually settling in New York. And in 1845, he published an autobiography, The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, and it was a sensation from the moment that it was published and mm-hmm. solidified his reputation as uh, one of those prominent public figures uh, in, in American life. Uh, and, and he devoted really the first stage of his life up to the moment of the Civil War to try to end the institution of slavery uh, in, in the United States. And, and after that... Um, for the final 30 years of his life, he died uh, in the mid-1890s. He devoted himself to various causes of, of both racial and, and, and gender equality. Uh, so it's r- really an, a, an extraordinary figure of, uh, of immense of, of historical significance, public importance in the 1800s. So, D.H., when you're talking about Frederick Douglass, you describe a scene on the 4th of July where Frederick Douglass gets up and talks about America. And of course, uh, like I'm sure, many uh, African slaves, they looked at the 4th of July as this weird, twisted celebration, which they were not part of. But can you describe that scene uh, on one of the 4th, 4th of Julys where Frederick Douglass got up to speak? Absolutely. So the year was 1852, and Douglass had been invited to give the keynote address to the Rochester, New York, Ladies Anti-Slavery Society. So typically how these things work for the 4th of July, there'd be a big ball, you know, everybody come together, a nice fancy meal of some kind, and then they'd hear speech after speech after speech uh, extolling the great virtues of, of the United States and, and of its founders, especially. And Douglass had given 
lots of speeches like this before. He was he was probably the, one of the most famous orators by this point in in his life, even though he was only in his early 30s. But uh, he gave a very different kind of speech that day. And at first glance, it, uh, it, it sounded as if it would be a conventional kind of speech, venerating the founding fathers and their deeds and all the rest. But uh, there were some astute listeners who might have noticed that throughout the first portions of his speech, he kept using the pronoun you and your, yours, mm-hmm. kept talking about your Independence Day, your founding fathers, your nation, your freedom. And eventually, Douglas flipped the script on his head and, and in effect, asked his overwhelmingly white audience to ask, how do you think that the typical American slave would view this day? He told his audience that the 4th of July, more than any other day, is a day that just lays bare the hypocrisy of slaveholding America, uh, uh, lays bare the ways in which America fails to live up to its noblest mm-hmm. principles, especially those enshrined in the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. But Doug, Douglas, I should be clear, did not think the flaw was in America's creed as much as it was in its conduct. Right. The, the, the principles of the Declaration were true and sound, and uh, the, the, only, uh, the only tragedy was the way in which uh, the nation failed to live up to them, most obviously, in continuing to tolerate um, slavery. I see. So tell us about Frederick Douglass and his Christian faith, because it's shocking to think about a a young boy, a a boy who was held in bondage, who somehow became educated, taught himself how to read, and then was extremely well-versed as a a Christian, as someone who knew and and really would work deeply into his Bible. When I think of Douglass's faith, the the closest kind of biblical parallel that comes to mind to me are the uh, Hebrew prophets of the Old Testament. I'm sure you need no introduction to, to your listeners. I mean, figures like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Uh, I, I think Douglas's Christian faith is, is, has some deep kinship with the kind of uh, faith that they embodied and the message that they proclaimed publicly. So just, just think about the Hebrew prophets and, and what did they do? I mean, more, more than anything, they I say, I'd say, delivered a kind of uncompromising condemnation of uh, of a people. You know, trying to speak in clear and uncompromising terms about the ways that might have fallen short of what their God required of them, uh, and and also called them to repentance with a with a hopeful message, ultimately of of of, of grace and mercy uh, for those who seek it. I, I think that the, the prophets, in some ways. It's kind of like they hold up a mirror to us, right? They help us better see ourselves and what God expects of us. And uh, uh, Douglas did a similar kind of thing for for his America, and he and he was uncompromising, I think, in his message that the Christian faith and the institution of slavery are just irreconcilable. You can't claim to believe in one, the faith, and tolerate the other, and. And if Douglas did anything, um, I, I think he spoke a clear word to Christian America, especially that slavery just simply had no place, no way could be reconciled with the Christian faith itself. So that that message is both radical, and I think it's it's, it's kind of prophetic in a way as well that the in a way that the 
you know, prophet Isaiah or Ezekiel uh, filled a kind of prophetic role. That's D.H. Dilbeck. He's a historian living in New Haven, Connecticut, author of Frederick Douglass, America's Prophet. A portion of that book is reprinted in this month's Christianity Today. D.H., uh, let me ask you about another story that you tell in the book, which is about um, Frederick's Aunt Hester. Uh, she was a 15-year-old girl. They were both working on the sprawling plantation of the Lloyd family, one of Maryland's wealthiest slaveholders. Um, you tell a story of horrific violence that the young Frederick Douglass witnessed um, as she was being whipped. And I, I could barely read the paragraph. And I think the most shocking thing in thinking back, well, there are a couple shocking things. One is that I it is just hard to get in my mind that a human being could do that to another human being. But the second thing is, how is it that Frederick Douglass was able to look at that slave owner who was a professing Christian and realize that hit that the slave owner's Christianity wasn't the real thing? That's a, that's a fantastic question. And in some ways, it's maybe the most important question that you can ask about Douglass's faith. I mean, it's remarkable, isn't it? How, how possibly could a person born into slavery in that time and place somehow That's come right. to the conviction that, no, the Christian faith as it's proclaimed by slaveholders and their allies is, is a distortion of the true faith. I mean, the short answer is he, he didn't come to that conviction quickly. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a slow process, an agonizing process. It's a miraculous I, process. And, and, and I, I agree, miraculous as well. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to fathom how he could do it. I mean, it, I think the, the key steps along the way, two key steps along the way. First, is he learned how to read and was able to read the Bible for himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and and it's, it's, uh, it's no surprise that many slaveholders did all they could to keep slaves from learning how to read and especially mm-hmm. keep them from reading the Bible for themselves. Because if you just read the text itself, it's hard, it's hard to understand how you could possibly take the gospel of Christ as in any way sanctioning slavery. So that, that's the first key step. The other key step is for a time in his teens, he's, he lives in the city of Baltimore, and he comes under the wing of several um, free African-Americans who are members of a local Methodist church in Baltimore, and it's really under their kind of spiritual shepherding in a way that Douglas finds both a, sort of an alternative model of what the Christian church looks like and Christian believers are like, and he finds sort of his spiritual elder, so to speak, who can help him find answers to those deepest and hardest questions. Why has God made me a slave? Does he want me to continue to be a slave? Why is there all the evil and suffering in the world like the whipping that he saw of his, his Aunt Hester? So I think it's I think it's those two things that are key, reading the Bible for mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. and finding uh, an alternative community of Christian believers in the, a black Methodist church in Baltimore. We're talking about Frederick Douglass. Uh, it's an amazing story. And uh, uh, our historian is with us, D.H. Dilbeck, who wrote a book called Frederick Douglass, America's Prophet. Uh, to, to think, D.H., that Frederick Douglass is little known in this country mm-hmm. by the common person is such, a, again, an, another miscarriage of justice on a time in America when people were so victimized and for hundreds and hundreds of years. Why is it that we don't – why isn't that – we don't know about this, that Frederick Douglass was not taught in elementary schools, that, you know, I mean, that it's not a centerpiece of who we are as a people. Racism aside, but of course, I don't even know if it is a racist issue, but when you think about this, you know, what is the solution or what is the reason why we're so ignorant about this man? 
there's not a good answer. There's not a satisfying answer, at least uh, an acceptable one. Um, I, if I could begin to come to any solution to that problem, and I, th- I think you're right, Douglas. It, Douglas is not known today in in any way sort of commensurate with his public stature and profile in the era in which he he lived. Uh, I, I think one good way to remedy the problem is just to encourage everyone to read Douglas's first autobiography, mm-hmm. The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. It's relatively short. If you had a long afternoon, comfortable chair, you could read it. But don't get too comfortable because it's a harrowing uh, autobiography in many in many respects. And it, it viscerally captures what life would have been like for an American slave. Uh, and, it, and it very vividly, dramatically tells the story of Douglass's uh, coming to freedom, both sort of freedom literally from bondage, but also the kind of intellectual and spiritual freedom that we're talking about as well, the liberty to be able to read and think and believe for himself. Um, I think I think if uh, if Douglas's narrative was more thoroughly required in you know high school, much less in college classrooms, uh, he'd, he'd be much more uh, well-known, deeply known, uh, revered than yeah. un- unfortunately he, he is today in many respects. I'm curious, D.H., you know, we've just gone through this era the last few years where you know, this is a whole other conversation about eradicating statues of Civil War heroes. Uh, do you know, are, are there statues of Frederick Douglass uh, dotted around corners of the United States? Not, not really. Not very many. Um, there, there are a few spots that, that are kind of geographically significant places Douglas lived and the like that are, you know, various monuments, statutes of kind. But no, there, there's uh, nothing like the sheer number of statues, say, that have been erected across uh, southern towns, especially to major Confederate Civil War figures, you know, the Robert E. Lees and Stonewall Jacksons and the rest alike. Um, uh, so no, in that way, he's, he's very... Uh, I guess you could say, under-memorialized. D.H., one of my favorite poems is uh, Let America Be America Again by Langston Hughes. And I thought of that poem when I was reading your work on Frederick Douglass because it's kind of a a similar idea. It's not that there's a problem with the principles that began America, as you stated earlier. The problem is that we're not living up to them and that they they give us the the most beautiful opportunity to be as Christ-like as any civilization possibly could be, and yet we perpetually fail. So as you leave us, talk about the the possibility of redemption that Frederick Douglass saw on the horizon. Did he have hope? Yes, ultimately he did. I, I, he, he, he had hope, I would say, in a distinctly prophetic kind of way. Not, not the hope that just imagines, oh, someday in the future, all the sin and evil and injustice and oppression of the world is just going to magically disappear. He was too thoroughly Christian and too deeply acquainted with human evil to to believe that. But he was, I think, deeply hopeful, both in the power of the principles of the Declaration of Independence and and uh, the power of uh, the central message of the gospel of, of, of Christ, uh, especially to love uh, one's neighbor, love one's enemy, and care for the widow and, and, the, and the orphan. Uh, so Douglas remained hopeful, I think, ultimately, because uh, he had such confidence in the power of those high ideals. Wow. Well, D.H., thank you. This is uh, just a, a tiny thumbnail of a conversation that should go much deeper into uh, American society. But we certainly appreciate your scholarship and your passion for the man of Frederick Douglass. 
Well, thank you all very much. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Our pleasure. D.H. Dilbeck has been with us. We've been talking about the radical Christian faith of Frederick Douglass, Douglass, which is uh, featured in Mm -hmm. Christianity Today. D.H. is the author of Frederick Douglass, America's Prophet. We'll take a break and uh, come back. We've got more ahead. So uh, stick around because we want to talk in a little bit about a a landmark case before the Supreme Court. Today. Yes. And uh, also, we're going to talk about pets in the office. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. See today's best faith-based and family-friendly movies, all free of charge. March 13th through 15th, Word FM welcomes the Projecting Hope Film Festival to the Cinemark 18 at Pittsburgh Mills Mall. Presented by the Speakman Financial Group. See the best faith-focused films of 2019, plus the highly anticipated 2020 release, I Still Believe, the Jeremy Camp Story, plus exclusive advanced screenings of Selfie Dad starring Michael Jr. Visit ProjectingHopePGH.com for showtimes. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement. But do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. I was talking to my son, who's a student at Grove City College, about the current semester and his workload and his homework and all that. And he said, Dad, I'm just trying to stay focused. And so our conversation turned into, what do you do to stay focused Mm -hmm. in college? How does that work for you? And for him, the biggest thing is a daily routine to wake up, the prayers, the breakfast, the school, all that thing. One of the things that I think is powerful about Grove City is the requirement that you show up at chapel. It's a regular, twice a week thing that you have to do, that you've got to sign in. And you know what it is to have a child in college, right? Uh, The spiritual life often waxes and wanes. The hope is, through the focus that Grove City provides, of those weekly chapel, that accountability, that the focus stays strong on God first and foremost, and all things go from there. My daughter's a varsity swimmer at Grove City. In fact, just this past weekend, they won PACS, which was the first time in, I don't know, seven or eight years that both the boys and girls won PACS. It was a terrific, terrific weekend. We all we just had a wonderful time. But the thing I think I noticed most in talking to my daughter is that structure of having to be at practice twice a day, having to be lifting every day, having to be with the team, as much of a commitment as it is, it gives the structure you're talking about that allows them to also excel in school. It seems like there isn't enough time in the day, but I think it's the structure that makes it work. Right. It's not easy being a college student, but Grove City gives your child the best shot. Look online, gcc.edu. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. A brief shower or two early, then clearing and turning colder tonight, low 26. Sunshine tomorrow, high 50. Increasing clouds tomorrow night with a rain or snow shower, low 32. Friday, cloudy, breezy, and chilly with a couple of rain or wet snow showers. High Friday, 41. Saturday, sunshine, high 42.
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. I'm scrolling. I'm, stro- I'm scrolling my photos to look for a favorite shot of Gus. Your dogger. My dog. Now you have a dog, Gus, and yep. I have a cat, Gus. Oh yeah, you do. Because it's just such a good name. It's an excellent name. I mm-hmm. thought of you when I saw the survey by People Magazine today. Survey says, uh, leaving your dog. It says for a day at the office can be stressful. Wait, I mean, how stressful that is, is that? Like, you realize Wait, that, that when you got a dog. Who said that? At People Magazine. I'm telling you where I'm Leaving your from. dog for a day at the office can be stressful. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm skipping ahead. Okay. Listen, I mean, I'm skipping ahead. Normandy You're right. Beach. That was a dumb thing. I shouldn't have even read it. It's a horrible sentence. Thank you. There's a new survey from ZipRecruiter, yeah. which is an online job marketplace, and it reveals that people who work in contemporary America yeah. want to bring their pets to work. Of course you do. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. Pets make you happy. Oh, look at Gus. There's me and Gussie. Oh, show that over. There's me and Gussie hanging look out together. Look at Gus. What a good boy. He's not that big. He's actually standing on a high wall. Right. There. He's actually he's a, he's a low rider. He he's not large at all. Gussie. Listen, the survey found that pet parents would be willing to sacrifice some of the perks they currently get at work if they could bring their friends to the office. Pet parents. Come on. I mean, people, if we've lost our minds, pet parents. What, I own a dog. Now you're a pet parent? Can you just give me enough space to say Sorry. the words I have in front of me? <laughs> I mean, there's all of a sudden not enough oxygen in the room. Pet parent. Listen, people are willing to give up these things. Mm. Free snacks. Catered meals. Who's good? Exactly. Where Who's do these doing people free work? snacks and catered meals em- at work? Employee discounts. One paid vacation day. One percent of their gross salary and their performance bonus. These people are willing to give up those things so they can bring their pet to work. Wait a second. What corporation are they? Working I have no for? idea. And performance listen, bonuses. Listen, and when it comes to getting pet insurance oh, as a benefit, insurance. they're saying they're willing to sacrifice the same types of things. What do you mean? What's pet insurance? What's that all about? Well, health insurance for your animal. <laughs> what do you mean? What's pet insurance? Have you never heard of pet insurance? I mean, yeah, that's what it is. So, wh- how do you feel, both me. of you, about, like, what if I brought my cats? Oh, I what if that. I brought Gus or Char? No. No way. No, please don't. I would like to Mike bring my, says no. I'd like to bring I, my, my dog in. My allergies would be absolutely... Oh, your allergies. I'm allergic to cats. Dogs, bring really? them in. Really? Yeah. Wait, what's the difference between cat dander and dog dander? I don't know. I don't know what that, know. What that is. Oh, what's that's that? a, that's a good cat. Yeah. I like that. Cat. I would love more than anything to bring my dog into work. I really would. But sure, there's but, okay. But here's the thing. I and I love Gussie, your dog, yeah. very much. I, I feel like. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Mike? He's got the... I'm laughing. At, what the heck is it? Yeah, it's on what, John's phone. That's, that's not, something I say that I love. It's not your. That's not your cat. I look though. at it. It's like some random cat. I'm trying to find a picture of my cat. What I'm saying is that I love Gus very mm. much, and I feel like I spend quality time with Gus. I don't know if I want Gus here at the studio. Why? Well, He's it like would low key. He's it would just be a whole other element of like distraction. Yeah, it would be. You know what I mean? Look, here's I, I want you to see Burton Guster here. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful Look, cat. Can you see that's this? A beautiful this? cat. Look, here's my cat. Beautiful. This is one of my cats. This is this is Burton Guster. We call him Gus. And Princess Charlotte, also beautiful. I have to find a photograph of her. Now, Gus would be totally chill here. Mm-hmm. 
But what if the, the pets had like accidents? Right? That's that the problem. Thing, right? Do we really want to risk that? No, forget it. I don't it. think Put we want to risk the, that. On the pet. Don't be doing that. I don't think we need to bring That's our pets also to work. But, what, but when someone walks in the front door with a dog, doesn't that make everybody happier? Yeah, but you know what? When you see people like, never mind. I'm not even going to bother to go. <laughs> Can I'm I show you? I just get yeah, all dark out there. You gotta keep going. Look, no. wait, everybody, look, because here's here's Princess oh my Charlotte. Gosh, wait, look. There we go. Like, look at her. Isn't oh, yeah, she we, perfect? Wait, I mean, we there love we go. Our pets and She's everything. perfect. Mm-hmm. She would be lovely, lovely. here. She, you know what she is? No. Soft. Mm-hmm. She's very soft. She's like a little baby it's bear. It's a cat. cat. I mean, if it was hard, you'd be kind of worried. Yeah, you? but some cats are a little uh, angular. Yeah. You know what I mean? But not my Shar. But you know what I mean. We've just lost our minds. But I love Shar. I don't think I want. I don't think she needs to be here. No. Okay. So no pets. But believe me, here at uh, Parkway Center, there's a no pet rule. There's a no pet rule. That is not true. That's it not is true. Because it is someone true. who's in management here true. brought her dog well, into the studio. She's in management. Oh, what? Who? Here? Who works I for us? I see people no. bring, bring in dogs all the time. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. What do you mean? What, what are you, the manager now? The building no, manager? No, no. I just know it's true. Because I, you know, I tried to push that envelope a little bit. I was told no. Okay, would you be willing to give up your free snacks to bring your dog here in here? First of all, we don't get free snacks. Okay, exactly. That's the okay. point. I right, forget right. it. Okay. Are we leaving? Yeah, we're leaving. Okay, we're going to the Supreme okay. Court. Let me just reach over here <laughs> and we're press going, a button. We're going to the Supreme Court because for the very first time in the uh, Trump administration, abortion was before the <laughs> highest court. Information on that with Lions Defending Freedom. Next. Choosing your child's school is a big decision. You want more than a great education. You need an education partner with high academic standards who respects your values, offers a safe place to learn, and where your child is known individually. For 35 years, Eden Christian Academy has provided ACSI-accredited college preparatory academics and a strong spiritual foundation of character and faith for students in preschool through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour during Admissions Week, March 9th through 13th. Learn more at EdenChristianAcademy.org. 101.5 WORD. On Insight for Living, Chuck Swindoll describes your one-of-a-kind assignment. Probably the most common asked question that we ask ourselves is, who am I? You are the only you. Placed here on this busy planet for a purpose. Chuck Swindoll offers wise biblical counsel on your unique and sacred calling on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. 
Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Today, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court heard its first abortion-related case of the Trump administration. Here to talk to us about that from Alliance Defending Freedom is Denise Harley. Denise Harley serves as legal counsel with ADF, where she is a member of the Center for Life. In this role, Denise Harley focuses her litigation efforts on defending the First Amendment freedoms of pro-life health care professionals and pregnancy resource centers. Denise, welcome back to the show. So glad to be talking with you guys again. Yeah, we're happy to have you, Denise. Uh, We appreciate your expertise in helping us to understand exactly what's at stake here. Let's talk first off about what the Louisiana law is currently. Yes. Women seeking abortions have the same right to competent and quality care as patients involved in other surgical procedures. And so that's what the Louisiana state legislature was trying to ensure when it passed the Unsafe Abortion Protection Act in 2014. The law simply requires abortion providers to have admitting privileges so they can admit and treat their patients at a nearby hospital. And it's the same requirement that doctors at other outpatient surgery centers throughout Louisiana are required to meet. I see. So it it seems like a fair request. It's allowed. It's not allowed. Why, Denise? Well, and... And it was much needed. So there was also a lot of evidence in the record that abortion clinics were not living up to standards of good medical care. They were not sterilizing their equipment. Some of the doctors were incompetent and women were suffering. There were women who were harmed, were unable to get competent treatment or even continuity of care at a nearby hospital and ended up having to undergo hysterectomies and other serious problems. And so... Um, rather than simply complying in their patient's best interest, abortion clinics went to court and have been challenging this law now for over five years, resisting this basic protection for women. So the easy question to ask is if abortion rights advocates are so concerned about the health of women, which is how they cloak the right to abortion, then why should this be an issue? I think this really shows a conflict of interest, and that's one of the arguments we made in our amicus brief on behalf of 80 Louisiana state legislators. And it's one of the, the questions that the justices were very interested in today. So bottom line, how is it that abortion clinics with their business interests can come into court and claim that they represent women? Shouldn't the women be speaking for themselves? Yet there are no women 
challenging this law that protects their health and safety. So that seems to be a real conflict of interest, and we are hoping the Supreme Court will rule that it's not appropriate for an abortion provider to come in and pretend to represent something that actually is in their own interest. I see. So what happened today in the courtroom, Denise? Was Alliance Defending Freedom representing the case? Uh, We filed an amicus brief and have been assisting the state of Louisiana throughout the course of the case. The Louisiana Solicitor General argued in defense of the law, and the United States Solicitor General also argued in defense of the law. Um, But what we saw today were a lot of questions, a very hot bench. Mm -hmm. Many of the questions were on that standing issue. In other words, who gets to assert a woman's constitutional right as it is? you know, as it was decided in Roe, to abortion. And who gets to challenge health and safety protections um, when there's a financial interest for the doctors not to comply, and yet the law is aimed to provide protection for women against bad practices of abortion clinics. So we saw a lot of that, and then we saw a lot of talk about the record in this case and the specific facts and how those differ from the similar case that the Supreme Court ruled on back in 2016 out of Texas. Okay, so from from our perspective, the average person in America, they see a case like this come before the Supreme Court. Um, we know that we have two new Supreme Court justices since the last time an abortion case was put before the court. Does that give you different expectations? Well, we certainly think, we thought before this morning and after hearing arguments today that Chief Justice Roberts is the swing vote now on the court um, on a case like this. But again, this is one of those where I think the facts are really going to drive the outcome. Um, Certainly the four liberal justices seem unwilling to consider this regulation at all, Um, but we are hopeful that at least the remainder of the court will this as straightforward as it is, it's a common sense health and safety regulation. And surely states have the duty and the ability to protect their citizens in this way. So arguments were made today, Denise, of course, uh, it's a while until uh, rulings are made. What do you think? Can you have some idea, a timeline of when you'll hear uh, what the results will be? We know for sure the Supreme Court will issue its decision by the end of the term. That means the end of June. And we do expect it will probably be either the very last day or one of the very last days in June because this this case presented three different what they call questions presented, so three different key issues. And what we saw today were justices asking about a whole range of things. So I do think it will take till the end of the term, the end of June, for us to see a decision. Denise Harley's with us from Alliance Defending Freedom. Denise, before we leave us, take a moment and talk to our audience about the work that Alliance Defending Freedom does. We know that you've been uh, really a champion of conservative causes for many years, but the the inside workings, Alliance Defending Freedom existing and doing what kind of work? Oh, well, it is our pleasure to be a nonprofit legal group that partners with all sorts of different organizations across the nation to defend free speech, to defend life, and to defend religious liberty, marriage, and the family. And so we partner with allies who um, help us by filing amicus briefs, by being on the ground defending cases, and 
we fight for these causes all the way up to the Supreme Court, and we never have to send our clients a bill. We do everything pro bono, and that's all just thanks to the generous support of our ministry friends and people following along, like I'm sure many of your listeners, uh, to our website, adflegal.org. Um, it is an alliance. It takes all kinds of different people supporting this cause and supporting the work we do, and it, and it is our honor to champion free speech, life, and religious freedom. That's Denise Harley, Alliance Defending Freedom. Denise, thanks for being here. Thank you guys so much. Our pleasure. Alliance Defending Freedom, excellent work for conservative causes for many decades before the Supreme Court and different courts around the United States. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US MULO 52 Week 71419 by UPC MLVO. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. When I competed in gymnastics, I used to love to talk about my health, my energy, and my will to win gold. But today, I want to talk to you about something I used to keep private my menopause. Between my hot flashes and night sweats, and worse, my constant fatigue, I felt like a stranger in my own life. Nothing I tried could give me relief until I discovered Amberin. Amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms. Amberin is not a drug and is 100% estrogen-free and clinically tested. Thanks to Amberin now, my energy is back. And those days of fearing hot flashes and night sweats are gone. I feel like myself again. Amberin works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores and see why Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. Dana Gresh presents the True Girl Pajama Party Tour, a live stage event for tween girls and their moms. Through live worship, deep Bible teaching, a fashion show, and more, it's the most fun you and your daughter will ever have digging into God's truth together. The True Girl Pajama Party Tour with Dana Gresh, coming March 6th the Cornerstone Ministries in Murraysville, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets on sale now at mytruegirl.com. Make mealtime easy and delicious with Bob Evans' side dishes, like mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. They're made with real milk, butter, cheese, and potatoes, and are ready in the microwave in six minutes. Try Bob Evans' sides from your grocery store. It'll be love at first bite. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at Stock Family Dentistry.
Judge Judy has just announced that this upcoming 2020-2021 season of her daytime program will be it. She's done. So she's been on for 25 years. Wow. Um, I like Judge Judy. Do you? Oh, yeah. I'm a fan. All right. Mm-hmm. How old do you think she is? Oh, that's hard. Uh, 76. Again, Mike, shocking. She's 77. Oy, Judge Judy. Uh, I would like for you to guess her net worth. Her net worth is $214 million. Wrong. Okay. $420 million. Yeah. I, that's been a very lucrative career for no Judge Judy. No kidding. I mean, you know what? The appeal of Judge Judy is that she's a woman who doesn't take any of that. She just tells it like it is. And one fool after another comes up and, you know, tries to wiggle and just get around the truth. And she goes, this is what it's going to be. And she tells you, and that's how it is. It's kind of like a stern lunchroom mom trying okay. to put a bunch of ruly kids, unruly kids in their place. See, I can't appreciate it. Why? It's not that I can't appreciate her, but I'm so her. overwhelmed at the stupidity of some of the cases that are brought. Well, that's it. They are so inane that I can't focus on her because I'm just in stunned silence. I get that. Right. I do. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me that I, you took the time to come into a right. courtroom with that. I wonder, you know, if Judge Judy's ever written like a, a, a memoir. I bet she has. You know, something to, to sort of disclose. Because she comes from, you know, just sort of like humble beginnings. Yeah, she's from Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, you know, and she was a judge. She was an actual judge. Uh, Appointed by Ed Koch. Right. Thank you. But she hit pay dirt because people recognized that she was just a no-nonsense person. How much is she worth? $400 million? Mm, 420. (laughs) See, wisdom. Wisdom is worth an awful lot. Here's her book. Beauty Fades, Dumb is Forever. (laughs) See, that's Judge Judy. Uh It came out in 2000. That's the power of Judge Judy. Mm -hmm. You've never seen her? I've seen her maybe once. Really? Well, I think she's on right now. What time is it? No, she's it's past. I think she's on like around four, four thirty. Right. There were times in my life, you know, where I was convalescing from my, you know, bad ankle or whatnot, where I would just, you know, couldn't wait for Judge Judy to come. Really? On. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was like, you know, can't miss TV. All right. Just well, saying. I'm also glad to tell like you that it. it's National Pound Cake Day. Oh. I want to know if pound cake is anything that's important to you. Well, I wish it was more important to me because, you know, you put on the pounds when you eat the pound cake. Listen, pound cake to mm, me is one of those delicious. substances that is not worth the calories. Why? Because the caloric content is through the yeah, yeah. roof. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason it's called pound cake is because oh. the initial recipes at the very beginning of the 18th century when it was invented, every ingredient you used one pound, one pound of, of so you'd a pound of butter, a pound of flour, a pound of butter, a pound of sugar, and a pound of eggs. That's so good. It is so. so uh, my husband and I went to New Orleans. I don't know how many years ago it was, and we did like an Airbnb type of thing oh, before yeah. Airbnbs were even really a thing. And we stayed with this woman that who we didn't know who was renting out a room. Is this a flea story? No, that, that was our, that was our honeymoon okay. story for another time. <laughs> So we stayed with this woman, and she said, "I want to cook for you like a real New Orleans would cook. A real New Orleans host would cook for guests." Oh, lovely! We said, "Okay." So she made us a pound cake, mm. an actual New Orleans pound cake. I have the recipe still because I cannot believe anybody put all those ingredients in one cake. Okay. And the cake is like this big. Yeah, it is as dense as it could possibly mm-hmm. be. I, I mean, she was lovely. We had Georgia was her name. We yeah. had a wonderful time, but I never will ever make that cake. No kidding. No. Okay, so give. Oh, so so someone came into the room and they said, oh my "Calf, gosh. here is a pound cake. Here is sponge cake. You're choosing what? Sponge cake, easily." 
Because it's what? A lot less. It's a lot less. It's a lot lighter. What if they said, here's pound cake, sponge cake, and angel food cake? Ooh. Could I have a piece of each? That's not that's an appropriate response. Well, that's, See, that's angel good. food cake is a, is a very nice cake, mm-hmm. and it probably Light. has one twentieth the calories sure of pound cake. Light and fluffy. You yeah. got to make those mathematical comparisons and make a right. good choice. Okay, uh, because you want to have two pieces. Of course, you if do. you're going for the cake, you're going for two pieces with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or something like How that. How about right? iced tea with a, with a cake? Not it's one like of my favorite things. Hot, something hot with mm, a piece of cake. I like it cold. Uh, given your choice. Cake or pie, what are you going to have? Always cake. Always pie. Now, I love pie, pie, but always cake. Mike? Cake or pie, Mike? Don't say ice cream. Uh, oh, oh, what? I'm torn. Oh. Because now, all of a sudden, he has to like contemplation. No, because I, I love pumpkin pie, but I love I, I love the almond tort cake. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, from Prantles. Right, yeah. right. Okay, okay. if you're going to have cake, what are you going to have? Okay, if I'm going to have cake... Of of course, Pringles burn almond tort. But if I you're think making a cake. I think I'm going to go with chocolate cake with coffee in it. Mm-hmm. I okay. very much love those two tastes together. What chocolate will you be having? Uh, I would love more than anything uh, to have my mother's war cake, which was a cake that she made regularly, which uh, was a recipe from you know the rationing right, of, of World War II. So it probably doesn't have much sugar in it. No, it's a, just this really nice spongy. There's raisins in it. It's a you know it's a dark cake. With a little powdered sugar War on top. cake. I'm looking yeah. that up right now. War cake. I'll report on that tomorrow. War cake. All right. We salute you. We'll see you tomorrow. Have hey, a great night. With John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.